0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three members of Kihi Kwan's PR team looking to add him to every universe, I guess. I'm Matt Johns, and I recently fell in love with one of my own variants as well.
1: I'm Keith Baker, and I gotta say, McDonald's looks pretty nice in the 70s. And I'm Austin
0: Terry, and I would happily ride tandem on a jet ski with Owen Wilson. I think we all would, or at least we all should. On today's show, of course, we're back to the MCU once again. Who the hell knows how many times it's been. But nevertheless, we are here with one of our favorite MCU shows with Season 2 of Loki over on Disney+. Season 1 surprised us in a really good way back in 2021, and today we'll see how this season stacks up. Let's go ahead and get into this one. Austin and Keith, remind everybody about your thoughts on Season 1, and then give us your non-spoiler thoughts on Loki Season 2.
2: Yeah, Season 1 of Loki was... I don't want to say like a nice surprise because it had such an all-star cast coming into it but it was like a great continuation of like that high of highs from how good WandaVision was so it really was a nice like man we can really do these MCU shows and make them a hit and make them fun and different and spend time with these characters. Um so I I really love Season 1 and it still today remains like one of my favorite MCU shows to kind of come out with the start of this Disney Plus journey. Going into season 2, I I was very excited for it. it. It did kind of miss me. I had to I had to kind of binge some episodes but I liked what I saw. I think, ultimately, I was disappointed by the time the season ended, and I think the main reason of that is I, I still think the performances are good, I still like the tone and the vibe of the show and all that, but I just couldn't help but feeling like we kind of wasted the show's premise and, like, really only focused on a singular plotline this season, and by the time everything ended, the only, like, actually important episode to the season is the finale, so I did kind of feel like we wasted some times with the prior episode, so still had fun with it, still enjoyed it, but overall... I was not as blown away with Season 2 as I was with Season 1.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I might be sort of in the same boat. Um, yeah, I really love Season 1. I remember we were all super excited when we were watching WandaVision. I remember Loki, I was probably the highest on with WandaVision right behind it. Um, I, I'm like you, Austin. I think I had a lot of fun with it. I think the first two episodes were a little slow for me. And then once I started getting to Episodes 3, 4, and 5, I started really getting into it again. I loved uh, the explanation behind the TVA. Um, Definitely cleared some things up, but I'm kind of with you, Austin. It feels like they did kind of focus a little bit too much on one particular thing that I guess we'll get into. But I did love where the characters went, how they all came together. And I don't know if they're going to do a season three or not. I guess we'll discuss that later on. But um, but yeah, overall, I think it had a pretty decent ending for me, but have some questions for sure. So overall, a good time.
0: Yeah, I was super high on season one as well, I think. Like all of us, we were we were just like, wow, you know, Disney Plus, off to a good start. <laughs> and then they've definitely had some uh missteps, but some highs along the way. Moon Knight for sure was
2: one of those highs, right? Oof.
0: Oof. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. I don't want to think about Moon Knight anymore. Um but yeah, the season one of this of this show was just great. I thought I thought it worked so well. Uh completely wacky, but in the best way possible. And I was super excited for the season as well, and it sounds like I might be the highest on it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I-, I just appreciated that we got a show that, like season one, looking at this as a complete package, it really does spend way more time like with their characters. It feels like we're actually getting interesting arcs for these characters that like started in season one. We got some good stuff by the end of that season, but we're watching like multiple characters come really full circle here. and. Like tons of like really beautiful and great writing moments. So I appreciate that the show is different from a lot of the MCU content in that sense. It does feel like a character piece in a lot of ways. Um, I hear what you guys are saying. I guess I guess the idea of like focusing on one singular story just kind of worked for me. I really liked the threat of uh, kind of the Kang variants in the background. I thought they handled that in a really good way. I won't spoil anything yet, but we'll definitely talk about that. Um, some great new additions to the cast. And I don't know. I just I, I by the end, I, I can see where you guys are coming from. It's 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 still, I guess I wonder where what happened in this show, like how will that affect certain things in the MCU? But I think this show is so good as like a singular focus thing, like on its own, that by the end I didn't really care where some of these storylines would go in the greater MCU. I, I was just like, Wow, this thing was really great. I I I just love what they did here. Uh the musical score is also like I can't really get enough of it I think it's like kind of stands like pretty head and shoulders above a lot of the MCU stuff um but yeah I just had a blast with this I I was like thoroughly I gave me that good feeling week to week where I was like I can't wait to watch the next one um so yeah I'm very high on it yeah
2: yeah I think I think for me even taking the MCU out of it and I'm always the one championing like man nothing's really connected anymore but with this show specifically with its premise like I thought this one actually was almost too focused on the MCU because they kind of set up with the background of time and everything like this show could go anywhere, do anything and and do interesting like stories week to week. And instead, we kind of got rid of that premise and really focused on just Kang and how that's going to impact everything else. So I think that actually did let me down. I will say just as like a broader zoom out, I guess, on the state of the MCU, I, I was kind of laughing to myself how last time we talked about this show on the podcast, we were all like wow, we're, we're kicking off the multiverse. This is going to be so interesting to see where this new phase goes. And we're on season two, two years later. Nothing's happened with the multiverse in the broader MCU. So yeah, it's I guess that's <laughs> the only point of this show is to tell us what the multiverse is.
0: Spider-Man No Way Home had all that multiverse stuff happening. Doctor Strange had a sequel with multiverse in the title. It's like, yeah, but why is this stuff happening? Is it because of Loki? Like at the end of that first season? Like you still haven't told us. And by, by this season, I still don't know. So, yeah, just the connectivity is very odd and kind of, I'm with you, kind of comical. Uh, We'll see where it goes, I guess. But with that, everybody, if you have not watched Loki season two yet, or if you're in the middle of watching it and still trying to finish it, uh, we're going to do the rest of this conversation will be spoilers. So finish it up and then come on back to listen to the rest of our conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Before we get into our kind of roundtable freeform discussion, let's do some cast, crew, and critical reception talk. So the showrunner for this season is Eric Martin, who's a writer mostly known for writing a couple episodes of season one of Loki. Uh, so Michael Waldron was kind of credited as the creator and the, I guess the main writer and Driving Force creatively of season one. But it has been reported that Waldron left like midway through production of season one because he had to go write Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so when that happened, Martin reportedly kind of picked up the slack when it came to the writing duties for the rest of that season. But he didn't really receive a lot of credit. Uh, it seems like kind of a make good as they were like, hey, you did a great job in picking up the slack on season one. How about you come into season two, kind of be the main showrunner? And he also ended up writing every episode. So, guys, I was a little nervous because uh, these episodes were mostly directed by the duo, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They did four of the six episodes. And then Dan DeLu and Kasra Farahani uh, did the rest of them. And the reason I was scared, guys, we mentioned it earlier, but Benson and Moorhead directed a couple episodes of Moon Knight previously. Your favorite one. They they truly shit the bed. <laughs> but then, <laughs> Speaking of make goods, they came back in here and I think they did a great job. Uh, their next project, interestingly, is Daredevil Born Again, which just went through another creative overhaul. They're kind of being brought in to direct a bunch of those. And then Dario Scardapane, who was the writer on Netflix's The Punisher, will be the new showrunner for that. So we're going to be seeing more Benson and Moorhead going forward. And then, of course, the music that I mentioned in non-spoiler, done by Natalie Holt returning from season one, and she just, I think, kills it every time.
1: All right, going to our cast, we have Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Sophia DiMartino as Sylvie, Kihi Kwan as OB, Gugu Mbatha-Raw as Ravona Renslayer, Wumni Masaka as Hunter B-15, Eugene Cordero as Casey, Rafael Cassell as Hunter X-5, also aka Brad Wolf. Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely and He Who Remains, and we got Terry Strong as Miss Minutes and Owen Wilson as Mobius. All right, guys, there's our casting crew. Any positives? Any negatives? What do we got?
2: I'll just say I, I thought Jonathan Majors was very good as Victor Timely and He Who Remains. In this how show. How dare you? Um, it's <laughs> worth noting this was filmed in 2022, so before his arrest. Um, so anything that we see with Jonathan Majors like was already planned. I am really curious to see how with the way the show ended, is going to impact if he gets to carry through. So I'll just call it out. I thought he was really good. Um, and then I think my main like surprise for this season was Kihi Kwan. Loved him as OB. Every time he was on screen, he was so much fun, so charming. And uh, yeah, he was a really nice surprise to like find him in this season.
1: Yeah, Kihi Kwan, man. He's so good. He's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to see like he's doing a lot more acting now. But yeah, I hope his career just keeps on going and he keeps acting because... Whatever he's doing, he's good in everything. And I think he really fits this role as OB, as like the techie techie guy, um, scientist, author, whatever you want to call him. Um, He played it awesome. He's super funny, too.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and I'll take – I already mentioned Natalie Holt, of course, behind the scenes. But Tom Middleston, I just think, obviously, he gets a lot of credit for playing Loki. I think the writers also did a great job of, like I mentioned earlier, just like giving him – what feels like a full circle character arc going all the way back to the first Thor movie. And he's just a great lead. He's super compelling to watch uh, throughout all six episodes. Uh, my little surprise is I'm a big fan of Rafael Casal. Uh, I like him from Blind Spotting and some other things. Um, he's just a really fun actor and kind of artist. And he played um, uh, X5 originally and then who uh, embraces his actor life as Brad Wolf. And I just thought he was a. Uh, he was funny at times, he was kind of scary at times, but I thought that was like a fun little side character that we got to spend Oh, just... I
2: hated this character. Really? I couldn't stand it. Oh. I, like a fourth of the way through the show, I was like, "Man, who would have thought the big villain of Loki season 2 would be Brad?" I was so, I was <laughs> I'm so Brad. uninterested in Hi. <laughs> <of laughs> I am <this. I'm> Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was bad. I just was like, "Why are we still spending time with this character?" Um, and then another like big negative for me is I thought the most wasted character of the season was Sylvie. I she agree, was so bro. great and interested in season 1. And like most of season two, she's just at a McDonald's. I was like, what the hell is happening here? How are we not doing anything with this
0: character? Pretty disappointing. Um, I, I have a strong feeling that we'll see more of this character in the future, not necessarily in more of like a Loki show, but just elsewhere. Uh, so that could be exciting. But yeah, I think that was probably my biggest disappointment when it came was the handling of that character. So when it comes to critical reception, you know what the three of us thought, but what is everyone else saying? Uh, Loki Season 2 has received positive reviews. It has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. For reference, Season 1 is currently sitting at a 92 Besides critical consensus for this season is, Loki's dizzying, dazzling second season may rely on sleight of hand to distract from its slightly less satisfying storyline, but the end result still contains enough of that old Marvel magic to entertain. The cast, production design, score, and second half of the season received universal praise. But some felt the season got off to a slow start and initially felt like it was just setting up future Marvel projects instead of focusing on its own story. Sounds kind of interesting to note those negatives, it sounds, because you guys have uh, mentioned those as well. So maybe we're in line with these people here.
2: Yeah, I think I'm right in line because um, I was, throughout the first half, I was like, this is so much fun. I'm laughing. And then like as I was thinking about it, it was like, well, nothing's really happening. In this season. Yeah. Um, so I, I do kind of agree with that sleight of hand point. Um, I thought they nailed the finale, though, so that did kind of wash that bad taste out of my mouth.
1: Yeah, I would say the same.
0: I agree. I thought the finale in particular was really great. Um, but yeah, that, yeah but I, I agree. Even though I like the show, I think the most out of the three of us, I think those initial episodes, I was like, okay, so... Are we going anywhere with this? (laughs) So I'm glad it picked up. But, you know, yeah, definitely a slow start.
2: You know, some might say as soon as Brad exited the picture, the show got better.
0: Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, Brad. (laughs) I'm Brad. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, it is time to go a little bit deeper. So let's get into our freeform discussion, the main part of our show, where each of us just kind of writes down some random points or things that we want to focus, spend a little bit more time on, and we're just going to break it all down. So, guys, where should we start today?
2: Yeah, so I touched on this in the, in the non-spoiler section, and I'll pose it now that we're in spoiler section again, but I have seen this kind of going around online, too, and I think it's an interesting conversation piece, but the show really could have been like the Doctor Who of the Marvel Universe. We could have gone anywhere, done anything, any time frame. They set that up a little bit in season one. We went to different timelines more. We went to different planets more, different universes more. Season two really was singularly focused on branching timelines. We only went to Earth. Um, And then we had to like tie everything back to Kang at the end. So do you think this show kind of lost its premise in favor of trying to be that kind of connecting guideline throughout the MCU in this new phase?
1: I didn't know what it was trying to do. It got lost for me between season one and and this season. Um, Because I knew Kang was supposed to be, yeah, like you said, Austin, the connecting factor. But I wasn't sure what they're trying to do with the TVA and also uh, Ravona. Rensselaer her character her motivations kind of got lost for me I forgot what she was even trying to do
2: well she just believed in the TVA's mission so she she needed it she was willing to do whatever she had to do to keep the sacred timeline safe
1: but and then that got confusing to me too it's like the sacred what's the difference between the sacred timeline and all the other timelines
0: I, I hear you <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that point too I found it a little bit funny whenever they would throw up on the screen like 1970, and then it would say branch timeline, and then later in the show, go 1883, sacred timeline. I was like, what really is the difference between these? <laughs> it's kind of the it it same. Yeah. So, when it comes like an enjoyment factor, I think I was just able to kind of toss it out of my brain. I just didn't really think about it. But when you do, and you kind of review it, and it's like, well, that is weird. <laughs> so, I- I'm totally <laughs> with you. I-, I was left a little bit lost. I didn't watch a recap. I kind of just. Was like, I'll just dive back in and see what happens, and it took me a little while to kind of uh, get my footing. I eventually did, but um, in terms of your question, Austin, I, I kind of see both sides. I Loki definitely it seemed like they took like direct inspiration from something like Doctor Who, and it was like, okay, so is this going to have its own narrative, or is it going to be kind of more of a week to week type deal? And I thought season one balanced that a little bit, and now that I'm kind of remembering our review. I feel like I remember being super high on the season one finale, which if you remember is basically like they go to the end of time. They meet this key who remained who apparently made the TVA and the entire episode is just kind of them like talking back and forth. I remember being super high on that. Cause I was like, wow, that's going to be so cool. And what that's going to set up. And I feel like maybe you guys were like, I thought it was kind of boring. And like, I didn't love that. Like we had this kind of fun, wacky season. And then we ended up here and now it's kind of interesting being in season two and they're, they're really taking that season one finale and really kind of running with it uh, for the entire, like the entirety of this season. You're right. This one is much less about kind of jumping around different timelines, universes, whatever you want to call it. And really, it's like in episode one, they establish, hey, what happened in the season one finale happened. This temporal loom thing is fucked up. And it takes all six episodes to kind of resolve the loom issue. Uh, so, it, yeah, you're right. It is way more of a focused thing, that kind of hanging threat of Kang or He Who Remains. And I guess the MCU, to your point, is definitely in the background. I think it just comes down to preference. Like I I ended up not minding it, but I totally wouldn't begrudge someone that was like, I kind of miss when Loki season. I I miss Loki season one when it kind of was more like a wacky, fun thing. It didn't seem like they were caring too much about like the MCU at large. It kind of felt like, oh, this is going to be a show where Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson just, you know, (laughs) are goofy in different timelines together. And I I, that works. Uh, I guess I just kind of preferred this. But. It's also, but while I was watching it, I wasn't really thinking about the MCU, if that makes sense. So it's like, I guess maybe that's why I'm the highest on it, because like I, I appreciated the more focused story, but it also at the same time didn't, I wasn't watching it like, man, this is like too focused on the MCU like maybe you were. So I guess like, you know, different strokes for different folks, but it worked for me. But I, I understand what you're saying, kind of like the whole Doctor Who episodic element. I
2: think what I'm getting at is it does seem like this is likely the series finale for this show. I haven't seen anything about season three coming back. So if, as we get like further down the road, I might look back on the show and be like, man, that could have ran for like four seasons and been a really fun time hopping adventure. But instead, we just did this one singular story around Kang.
1: And I'm kind of with with man on this. Like, I just wasn't thinking about it too hard. I was just kind of going with it because it was just fun jumping through all the timelines. I wasn't even paying attention whether it was the the branch timeline or the sacred timeline. Yeah, it was, just, it was more of just a fun ride. I couldn't. I kind of pay attention to how the TVA works and the timelines, which is too, too much to handle. So we already touched on Sylvia's character kind of, kind of being a letdown for us. You know, she's working at McDonald's in 1973 or four, something like that. Um, So what what do you think, what do you think happened? Like where she changed her mindset on like everything and was like, you know, I'm just going to live this. I like this life. I'm going to live this life. I'm not going to be a God anymore.
0: I see what they were trying to do, and I think the premise of the character this season worked totally fine. It was just the amount that she was used later on and kind of the handling of that is what bothered me. But, I mean, the idea that this is a variant of Loki that doesn't really – she was like a child that was brought like out of their timeline, and the entire timeline was destroyed for some reason. I can't remember why, but she's kind of grown up only knowing kind of the these apocalypses that she mentions. Like She's watched the TVA destroy – All these timelines and these billions and trillions of lives for seemingly no reason. So her whole thing, whenever she met He Who Remains, it was like, I'm going to kill this guy because he's caused so much pain to and like just murdered like all these people. He's responsible in her eyes. That's why she kills him. So the idea of her killing him and then after that being like, I guess I succeeded in my mission. I'm going to kind of, uh, you know. Find a life to live, I suppose. It's like Thanos leaving to
2: become a farmer.
0: Right. That's kind of what I was thinking of, too. And whenever Thanos, like, you know, destroys half of life and then just like literally, like you said, becomes a farmer. He's like, I guess I did it. I guess I'll go figure out what to do now. And I just thought it was kind of comical in a good way that like Sylvie just walks out one of those time doors and she just happens to be near a McDonald's and she's like, oh, I guess this is what people do. Right. uh, Okay, I'll do that. (laughs) So that just becomes her life. So I'm cool with that as a premise. I like that. But it was just everything after that, like the way she kind of just like popped in and out of the season. It didn't even really seem like she and Loki were like that connected anymore after being so connected in season one. Uh, Maybe they were trying to like move back from like the romance angle, which is fine. But yeah, just like, yeah, the way she kind of popped in and out and didn't really have anything interesting to do or say was what disappointed me. The idea of her like, you know, killing he Who remains and then just like, okay I'm going to go kind of try and create my own life. I was fine with that. It was just everything after. I was getting
2: frustrated with her refusing to listen to Loki, too. There's a lot of this season where she just pops in, kind of messes up their plans, tells Loki he's only seeking a throne, and then, like, jumps away. And it's like, can you just listen to what he has to say? Like, I-, I was getting really frustrated
0: with that, too. Yeah, I-, I usually don't really think about that stuff too much. Like, in season one, it made total sense how they were kind of on opposing, yeah. like, kind of viewpoints at times. But here, it's like, okay... Loki's trying to tell you that he's fine that you killed the he who remains like he disagreed with it, but he's fine with that. Like, you, you know, do what you have to do. But now timelines in the world is worse off. So I'm asking for your help. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's like, And well, it's no. also your fault that this is happening. So maybe do something. To but fix he's it. even being nice about it. He's like, I agree with what I, I'm OK with what you did, but there are consequences. And that's why I'm here. I'm trying to fix those consequences. Like, it seems like you like this life you have. Good for you. But it's going to be over because of what's happening. Can you help me? And she's like, I don't know. Can I get a quarter pounder? <laughs> well,
2: and it was I was even more like banging my head against the wall because they would have that conversation. And then her response was usually, but this is the price for free will. As the world's like disintegrating around her and it's like all these people you like here are dying. Are you going to do anything about it or no?
0: Yeah, the whole like kind of free will conversation was I thought really well handled in season one here still good especially by the finale in particular but it definitely was lost in the beginning it's like i don't what what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's like when you
2: like start a sequel video game and you have to read learn everything and do the same skill tree over that's how this kind of felt to me where it's like we've already seen them grow to like each other in season one and we're starting over it felt like in season two with their relationship
0: yeah i saw someone online say it, and it's it kind of put words to exactly how i felt and I, I kind of already alluded to it but it, It felt like maybe the writers this season didn't like the choice to make them romantically involved in season one, so that in this season, they just didn't make them romantically involved, which is fine, but there was no smooth transition it's just like oh they're just not at all close anymore <laughs> i know but that chemistry was dynamite in season one it was pretty hot and it was weird all the characters <laughs> called it out they were like those are two loki's <laughs> like, yeah the only person Loki but- has ever fallen for is himself
2: <laughs> that was so interesting to me too though it's like of yeah. course loki would fall in love with himself yeah
0: yeah very strange so yeah it's it's unfortunate i think the sylvie character is probably the biggest disappointment like it sounds like we all agree uh, but it does sound like one of our highest points. Who we also get introduced right off the bat, you know, like like I said, in episode one, the first ones, they're like, "Hey, remember what happened in the finale? The loom's broken." We're like, "What the fuck's the loom?" I think they help they help ease us into the main storyline by introducing us to Ob right off the bat. Uh, what do you guys think of this character? I, I, it, just a thrill, just a blast, just a fun little guy.
2: <laughs> so much fun. My favorite was the reveal that Ob and Timely were like writing to each other and. That circular, like chicken and egg conversation with the TVA was really fun to me.
0: Yeah, I think probably like when it came to like the time just element, I think I'm with you. I think the most interesting thing was the chicken and egg reveal that it's like I guess Victor Timely is kind of responsible for inadvertently creating the TVA, but he's only responsible for that because Ravona Renslayer stole a book that was written by Ob and dropped it into his house when he was a kid. But OB only wrote that book because in OB's life in the TVA, he meets Victor Timely. <laughs> like, it was like, whoa, is like, like, totally like, just like wacky, and I loved it.
2: What did you guys think of seeing everybody else's variant lives? Uh, you get Hunter B-15 as a nurse. You get Owen Wilson as a jet ski salesman and, I guess, kind of a failed father. Um, and then you get you know Sylvia, of course, trying to live her life in McDonald's.
0: And also, I don't think, you know, I like Eugene Cordero's Casey quite a bit. He was in season one. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about that character in season two, but I did think it was really awesome that, like, the reveal was his uh, real self is one of, like, the Alcatraz Uh, three—it's one of my favorite, like, you know, like, weird, like, real-life stories where, like, those three guys escaped from Alcatraz, but then they never found— like their remains or anything. So it's like, so did they make it across the bay and like make it to safety? Did they not? And the show plays with that. It's like, well, they didn't make it because Loki pulled him into the TVA. <laughs> like, yeah, I love this stuff. It, it was really cool to see like Mobius in season one and they really carried it over the storyline well here. Just the element that like, you know, he's he's just like totally not interested in learning about his life. But maybe that's not even the right term. He's just like out of sight, out of mind. which I think he even says something like that in the finale. It's like, I don't want to know you know what I was up to, and so kind of like showing us the variant lives I thought was interesting for the TVA. I also thought it was kind of sad because Loki. I think it was like episode four or five, whichever one it is, where he has to like unite all of their real lives to you know to fix the issue. Like it, it was sad that like he had to kind of like take them all away from their lives, and then it kind of that goes full circle in the finale. But
2: did you guys think with him? taking everybody from their lives we are going to get to a point where it's revealed like that
0: loki inadvertently created the tva and was the yes. first person to poach people from their timelines yeah yeah, i thought that's where they were going which i guess in a way they kind of did i mean by the end of the finale he's literally he didn't want to but he ends up on the throne of he who remains and he's holding all these things together so i guess in a way you could say since the tva like exists out of time that he did kind of create it like i don't know i thought it was also interesting that um. This, like, the farm or whatever it was, like, I already forgot, like, the barn or shed, like, whatever room it is that, like, Obi's real-life self has in the real world, like, it looks exactly like his workshop in the TV. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. So I thought I thought that was a fun, I don't know, like, fun way for the actors and actresses to kind of, like, flex their muscles and play different characters, but it was also cool to see their real selves, I thought.
2: Let's spend a good amount of time on the finale, because they, they do a lot in this finale, like, Loki goes back to the end of season one has a lot of conversations with Kang. He then spends, it seems like centuries, trying to stop the temporal loom from malfunctioning, and then does, of course, end up taking the throne, and in a really sweet reveal, uh, ends up creating the World Tree, which I thought was awesome, from like Norse mythology. So, any, anything stand out here?
1: Uh, yeah, I did like all the scenes with him going over and over again, uh, trying to fix the temporal loom with Victor, timely, and like him hurrying him up every time. To touch on him real quick, I really liked the character of Victor Timely. I thought Jonathan Majors played this eighteen nineties variant really well. It was really cool.
2: Yeah, and I like that he never like broke bad. Um I was yeah. I kept expecting for him to break away, but it was it was fun to actually see a Kang variant like invested in this mission and trying to do as he says, like time to be brave and trying to help them out.
0: Yeah, he was just a very endearing character. And I think making him a con man was a good choice because it always made us feel like, oh, he's starting out as a con man, but he could get worse. Um, But then just the reveal, no, like he was a con man for, I guess, maybe monetary reasons or whatever, but he never was like a terrible person. So I I like that too. And like that initial reveal, whenever he walks outside the first time and just dies, I was like, oh, is that (laughs) it? And that kind of (laughs) ends up being it because we see him in the next episodes, but his life always ends in that moment whenever he yeah. walks outside and just like explodes it's like okay that was a fun surprise but um yeah speaking about the finale i i also just love i'm a sucker for that groundhog day type shit i just love you know seeing characters like getting kind of fed up with having to go through the motions and you're right key like watching loki kind of trying to speed up the, like the conversations that we've already seen was super fun but yeah there was some amazing editing and some great cuts to kind of break up that comedy I loved, you know, we talked like negatively about Sylvie, but I liked whenever they cut back to that moment in real life Obi's like workshop where everybody's already died. And Loki gets to have like kind of one final conversation with Sylvie in which it like it gives him that realization that like, oh, I need to go out like, you know, you're right, Sylvie. We can destroy things, but only if there's a chance to replace it with something better, which is what he does. And I love that scene. I really love that uh, scene where he goes back to talking with Mobius for the first time in season one where he kind of, like, time slips back and um they get to have one final conversation, um was really sweet and endearing. And, like, like their friendship is always funny, but it is, like, genuine, too. So, like, that was a great kind of emotional farewell. Um, so, yeah, like, the way they broke up kind of those, like, funny bits with, like, some great little send-offs I thought was also, like, super fun to see. And it really added to kind of that final, like, oomph of whenever Loki walks outside and, like, his clothes are disintegrated and his god form comes back, the horns grow. And then he just, you know, does what he does. And I'm with you, Austin. Like, the reveal of the World Tree was cool because since the TVA exists out of time, it's like whenever in like Thor 1, they're talking about the World Tree. It's like this is what they're talking about because yeah. it what Loki did exists out of time. So like in the real Norse mythology, whenever they're talking about the World Tree, it's because Loki created it, <laughs> which is like kind of weird and wacky to think about. But I also like I got, I got a little misty, I got to say. Whenever uh, Loki, because you guys know, I'm a pretty big fan of the first Thor, unlike a lot of people. But whenever, like, kind of Loki walks down and closes that door uh, and, like, Sylvie and Mobius are freaking out and he, like, kind of has that nice little, uh, like, kind of sad smile when he's like, I know what God I need to be for you for all of them. Which was also his last line in the first Thor movie before, like, presumably killing himself. Like, he tells Odin, like, I, I did this for you, for all of them. But, like, at that point in his life, he was wrong. But here it's like... a like a great full circle moment so yeah i I just love the finale in general like so many great moments
2: i love the character arc moment for loki as an mcu character too of we have seen this character so many times try and take the throne for the wrong reasons and the one time he's actively not seeking the throne he ends up on the throne i thought that was really interesting and fun too
1: yeah i was thinking about that like throughout watching this i was like how far he, this character has come from um, from the first And this Avengers. isn't even the
2: character that we've seen have some of these arcs, because this is the version of Loki that cut out before the Loki in the standard MCU, we knew, like, grew and became a character we all love and became a hero that way, too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, that gets confusing, too. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's kind of sweet, no. too, because it's like, I guess if, like, Loki is proven to be a character where if, like, he's given the right situation and enough time. He is like always destined to be a hero. But like, you know, so some of that stuff was fun.
2: So let's get into the Jonathan Majors of it all. Um, This season was actually filmed in 2022 before the actor was arrested for a domestic dispute in 2023. Marvel has been in the news a lot. Like there's a lot of speculation of what's Marvel going to do with Jonathan Majors pending his legal issues. Does he get replaced? Does he carry on? Um, I do find it interesting that this season was filmed before all of that. And it does kind of give Marvel an out uh, from Jonathan Majors if they want to. So any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I was surprised when it ended because I was like, wow, this is actually a pretty, this could be a clean break. We don't necessarily have to go back to Kang. They did have some lines at the very end, kind of in the epilogue where they reference Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I think Mobius is like, oh, Earth-616. There was one, but they took care of it because they do say in the, like, in this epilogue that now the TVA's mission is to prune specifically He Who Remains Variant. So they are yeah. still out there and gathering. And He
2: Who Remains even says, if you let me live, we, and like we prevent it. But if I die, the multiverse war is coming.
0: Right. So it sounds like they could still be building to it. I, I just don't understand why they don't recast him. I mean, he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But couldn't, if you, wa- you want to do the Kang story... There's other great actors, too. <laughs> yeah. And this is literally a character like that has multiple versions of himself. So you could even make like, a stupid joke. It's like, oh, this one looks a little bit different. It's like, <laughs> recast? Who cares? <laughs>
2: yeah. Audiences aren't stupid. They can roll with it if you'd still give a compelling actor and a compelling story.
0: Uh, do you guys recall Terrence Howard and my friend Don Cheadle, anyone?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tony?
2: <laughs> Excuse me. How about Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton? Uh, oh. Ooh. wow.
0: Remember? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess, well, I guess let's, let's phrase it this way, then. Let's even remove Jonathan Majors from the conversation. Are you guys interested in the Kang character enough to want to see this character continue as the big bad? So,
0: I am definitely. I guess that's why maybe I'm advocating for a recast. Because, I mean, because it's funny, we're talking about Victor Time, Like, wow, what an interior. It's, it's so cool to see a version of Kang that seems like a pretty decent guy. Uh, but we were also saying that in season one. When we talked about that, we were like, wow, the See Who Remains guy, I guess... He's talking about all his worst versions are coming in if you kill him. But this guy, I mean, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, he's holding time together. Uh, That one scene where in the finale, Loki goes back to talk to him. It's just through like some back and forth, fun dialogue and great acting from both of them. It's revealed. Oh, he remains might be the most sadistic version of all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That line where he tells Loki everything that you've done this season. Like I, I knew Sylvie would kill me. I've paved the road for you to do this. And Loki's like, fuck i didn't realize i didn't know that you were still in charge of what i was doing
2: every time he said like reincarnation baby i was like god you're so scary yeah (laughs) stop saying it
0: (laughs) but it's also compelling and the reason i'd want to see more of him is because we also get like the the flip around moment and seeing us a king that was not maybe not scared but caught off guard whenever loki reveals oh i do have the power to pause time he does it and just like kind of points at him and is like what do you make you think that this is the first time we've had this part of the conversation? Mm-hmm. So it's fun to see a character that is just like there's so many versions of themselves out there. Some of them like Victor Timely are pretty good. There's some that are really bad, like an Ant-Man. There's some that are like potentially even worse, like He Who Remains. It's like I want to see what else they could do with these characters. And I mean, that would be the perfect like setup for an Avengers movie. So that's why I'm just like, just recast him. I, d- I love this character. I want to see more.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. i I I find this character so interesting, and I think the thing that is potentially more compelling about Kang versus Thanos is because of the multiverse story, because of the multiple versions, it leaves room for each, like, key Avenger to have a moment with Kang on their own, and then when they come come together as a team, it's almost like a personal villain for each one of them. I know Thanos had those moments, too, but it just seems like there's the potential to do more of that uh, with Kang as, as, like, the overarching big bad for the MCU.
1: And I'm thinking I was also thinking like is this it for for Loki? Is he just does he have to stay there that whole time at the tree and hold everything together? Yeah. Or can I got to think at back? some
2: point this version's going to have a moment with Thor at somewhere just to really close the gap cuz I don't know how they would do it, but I got to imagine either in a big Avengers movie somehow this version of Loki's going to come out with the TVA and then reveal himself to Thor too.
0: Yeah, I think you're due for like one more big Loki seen in one of these upcoming Avengers movies, whether it be Kang Dynasty or the one after it's Secret Wars, because I know those are tied together. Uh, but then after that, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if you don't see Tom Hiddleston ever again come back to the character. I think this is the perfect send-off, but I am with Austin, like, I mean, here, I'll give you three things that I think write it down or guaranteed. You're going to get, like Austin mentioned, like there's tons of room for like great character interactions with Kang. Obviously, you're going to have Ant-Man probably have some good ones because he has personal experience. But you can you already know what Kang's going to say to Thor, so that's one of them. There's going to be a personal thing there. I think there's going to be some really fun potential dynamics between our Thor, Chris Hemsworth, and Sophia Diamartino's Sylvie, who is also yeah. Loki. So mark that down. That's also going to happen. And then the third one is also, like like I said, I think you're going to have like one big heroic moment of our, our, this version of Loki coming in. You get Thor and he reuniting, and then we probably don't see Tom Hiddleston after that. Maybe not Chris Hemsworth. I feel like he's kind of maybe getting ready to <laughs> get out of there as well, but not before one more brother's moment. I'm totally with you there. I think that's going to happen. But I guess that kind of like brings up the point. I mean, are, are you guys kind of on the same page? I think we'll get those scenes, and we're going to see more of the TV of the MCU. We're going to see more Sylvie. I think we're definitely going to see more Mobius, but I definitely don't think we're getting a Loki season three. Like I, I would be genuinely shocked if they just randomly announced... Hey, we're doing another season with all our our cast coming back. I feel like that would be really weird. I don't know how they would do it. Would he come down from the tree and be a main character again? Yeah, that's why I can't really see it. (laughs) I bet with Deadpool 3 next year, you'll get some TVA stuff. So it feels like that story is also going to yeah, be that's a good point. like everything. I mean, so, but this
2: is the exact same conversation we had at the end of season one, where we were you're right. projecting, <laughs> like, "Oh, where do we think we'll see the TVA's pop up next? Could it be this movie?" and And the answer was never. It's only in the in the show.
0: <laughs> that's true. That is true. Maybe I shouldn't get my hopes up, but it would be fun to see Owen Wilson just reacting to Deadpool. <laughs> so I'll keep my fingers crossed. But you are you are right, Austin, with the current state post Endgame Marvel. We just have to be careful with our expectations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that is our Loki season two discussion. That was a fun one. Um, Yeah. Before we close out here, let's do some Arnie's podcast awards. The part of our show where we take something from the project we just talked about and we award something could be for something positive, negative or something in between guys. What do you think deserves an award today?
2: Yeah, I'm going to give the poor sleeping choice award. Mm -hmm. Uh, Renslayer. Why are you sleeping in a boat that's dangling off of a ship? It's that just was too choice. easy to get rid of you. That was a terrible decision.
0: That was a choice, yeah. I mean, like, Miss Minutes was was also scary. Did not have to do much to make that happen. It's just like, don't sleep in a boat like that, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was a cool shot, though, because I think they cut to black, and then it's a top-down view of the ship, of the boat falling off the ship. I was like, oh, shit, I guess. Bye, Renslayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she also rode really
0: fast, because like five minutes later, she caught up to them. So I know. she. I mean, she's... She, a lot of strength there. A lot of strength. You see what I'm saying, Kang? You know, not only a potential villain, but, you know, she has that arm upper body strength that you could utilize. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm going to give the...
2: Are you going to give the horny AI award to Miss Minutes? Oh,
1: yeah, she was something. <laughs> I'm going to give the best sweets award to the TVA. They had some pretty good looking pie there. And they also had a nice hot cocoa machine. I was really wanting a cup of that hot cocoa whenever uh, Mr. Timely went to go get it and unfortunately gave it to a man that got pruned uh, as he was handing it to him.
2: I don't know why. I thought with the whole pie conversation, we were heading to a reveal where Owen Wilson gets to try key lime pie outside of the TVA and then realizes the TVA has been serving him bad pie all along.
0: Oh, that would have been really funny. (laughs) It (laughs)
1: would have been good.
0: That would have been good. Well, you know, you bring up Mobius there and it ties into my award. And my award is for I'm scared of these children. And it goes to real life Mobius, a.k.a. Don's two kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> you referenced him as a potential failed father earlier, but I think maybe he's on the right track. I don't I don't like these kids. They're running around. They're like talking about snakes. And like what? They're trying to burn it? the house down. I they don't they think, think he was a, a failed look.
1: father. I think he was a struggling father. <laughs> just sounded
0: like... That's a good word. <laughs>
1: <That's> a good
0: <laughs> maybe, word. A,
2: maybe a failed husband.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Maybe. So, Austin, you're mentioning maybe in that last scene you could have had Owen Wilson with a a plate of pie as he looks on uh, enjoying that and realizes the TVA had bad pie. But maybe after that you could also have that shot where he sees the two kids run out and he sees what they're doing and then he goes, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go back and work at the TVA.
2: (laughs) If I I was Mobius and I was looking in on that life where at best you're selling jet skis and then coming home to your
0: kids trying to burn your house down, I'd be like, absolutely not. Take me back to the TVA. No thanks. (laughs) Well, with that, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to so continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podcast Podcasts let really help us out. At The Arneys is our social, and TheArnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. In last week,
2: Matt and I covered the premiere of Invincible Season 2, Uh, So if you want to hear us talk about that fantastic show over on Amazon Prime, be sure to go check that episode out.
1: And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's at gmail.com. What do you think of Loki season two? Would you buy a jet ski from a rundown Owen Wilson? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode.
0: So with that, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. See you. Wow.